This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. We offer a free Erotica Podcast and a premium patron taboo podcast which contains more intense sexual themes. You can subscribe to the premium podcast for $2 per month or support the Erotica Podcast on Patreon to support us and allows members to request future stories and themes. Thank you for listening. This podcast contains mature content and is intended for an adult audience only. It contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. The content of all stories is fiction with any similarities to real people or events being purely coincidental. This podcast is not intended for anything but entertainment of the listener, and if you do not agree with the themes listed in the tags, please do not listen to the story. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link in the comments to further support this author. Betrayed by Big Guy 33 Henry's name is Henry Weston. As this tale begins, I'm 36 years old and have been married for 16 years to my high school sweetheart, Jenny. Together we have a 14-year-old daughter named Juliana. I'm right about 6 feet 0 inches tall and weigh in at right about 200. It's mostly muscle, courtesy of 18 years working as a commercial and residential electrician. School was never my thing. I did manage to graduate high school, but working with my hands was what I was really good at. I had trouble sitting still in class so I got in a lot of trouble for being disruptive. I wanted to be doing things, not sitting still and listening. So right after graduation I signed on with a local contractor as an electrician's apprentice. Four years later I easily passed my journeyman's exam and two years after that, at the ripe old age of 24, I got my master's license. I'm a smart guy, in my opinion, but I'm just not into book learning. I wanted to start my own business after I got my master's but Jenny wasn't comfortable with the risk. We did have a young daughter and Jenny was a stay-at-home mom, and she really liked having a consistent check to rely on. And so I kept on working for Alpha Electrical Contractors. I made a good living at it. We were able to buy our house and we each had a car all now pay for in full. We were able to take vacations, pay all the bills without worry, and have money left over for entertainment. We weren't loaded but we were comfortable, happy, and in love. Well I was, anyway. My best friend growing up was Tom. We met in Mrs. Collins' third grade class when his family moved in down the street and were practically inseparable from that day forward. We played sports together, went on double dates, even got jobs at the same fast food restaurant in high school. Tom was much more of a book smart kind of guy. While I was pulling cable and bending conduit as an apprentice electrician, he was getting a degree in business from Stanford. While I was working toward my master's he was getting his MBA. He has a great job though he works a lot of hours, and makes a heck of a lot more money than I do. But he's single and lonely, so he spends a lot of time with Jenny and me. We've tried fixing him up but nothing has ever come of it. He comes to dinner several nights a week and has frequently expressed how envious he is of my family. Money can buy lots of things, he'd say. But it can't buy the love of a family. I've agreed with him every time. I loved my wife and my daughter was the apple of my eye. My daughter and I were very close. I taught her a lot about what I did, even as I had much higher hopes and dreams for her. But I reasoned, it never hurts to know something about electrical repair. My world crashed down around my head in August. I came back from a job to find Tom's car in the driveway. This was not unusual because, as I said, he came over for dinner frequently and was occasionally at my house before I was. Normally upon entering the house Juliana was the first to greet me. She would hear my truck pull up outside and make sure she was waiting at the door for me. It didn't happen every day, but often enough so that when I walked in the door and she wasn't there I asked Jenny where she was, just so I'd know. She's at Danielle's house. Jenny answered that I took note of the look on her face. Tom was sitting behind her on the couch, and his look was much the same. Something was most definitely wrong. What's going on? I asked. Then Jenny spoke the four words that every man dreads to hear from his wife. We need to talk. Having just come home from an outdoor job site in the middle of August, I was pretty gross. Okay. Mind if I shower first? Jenny nodded so I continued on to my bedroom and took a long shower. I pondered the possibilities. Could she be pregnant again? We hadn't discussed kids in some time, and in fact had a number of discussions about things we might like to do once Jules was out of the house. We hadn't had sex in a few weeks, 
Something was always getting in the way or she just didn't feel well when I tried to initiate, but it hadn't been more than six to eight weeks so the math worked. So if she had accidentally gotten pregnant that would certainly be cause for concern, though I would hope she'd know I'd happily accept another child. But why would Tom be here for that? Maybe she told him first to see how he thought I'd react. Perhaps someone was seriously ill. I had no family. All my grandparents were gone. My father died when I was eleven, and my mother passed about ten years later. They had divorced when I was young due to my mother's infidelity, and my father's inability to deal with it when she finally left. Dad died in a single car crash, having struck a tree head-on. He was totally sober, and there were no skid marks. I didn't realize until later what that meant. But perhaps one of Jenny's parents or her little sister, Liz, was having an issue. I supposed it could be Jenny or Tom themselves but assumed I would have heard something before now. Obviously this was nothing but speculation and there nothing to be done but go downstairs and find out what this was all about. I dressed and joined them in the living room. In hindsight I should have taken a clue that they were sitting next to each other on the sofa while I sat alone on the love seat, but it didn't occur to me at the time. Henry, you are a wonderful man and have been a loyal husband and hardworking provider for so long. Jenny started. This was off to a bad start. There's really no easy way to say this but, Henry, Tom and I have fallen in love. I'm sorry, but I'm asking for a divorce. Had I ever imagined what it would be like to take a cinder block to the chest, what I felt at that moment would have been a pretty good approximation. I was stunned, to be sure, and the words would not come out. So Jenny kept talking. I hope that we can do this the easy way. We'd like to stay here so that Juliana can continue in her same school. I don't want to disrupt her life any more than absolutely necessary. But we just couldn't continue the way we have. I managed to find a voice. Have you slept with him? I managed to ask. She gave me a wry smile, and her answer was a knife in my back. Of course I have, Henry. I was still trying to recover from the hits to the soul I had just taken. I had always thought we were happy together. Sure, we had issues like all couples but nothing that was a deal-breaker. My mind was reeling, thinking back in vain to try and find something I had done to turn her to the arms of another man. We had over twenty years together, more than half our lives. There had to be something but I thought of nothing. I couldn't believe this was happening to me. It was Tom's effort to interject that finally got my voice back in full. Henry, look, no! I roared, in a voice that surprised even me. You are not to speak to me ever again, you backstabbing son of a bitch. Consider yourself warned, Tom. If another word ever comes out of your mouth directed toward me I will kill you and be glad to spend the rest of my life in prison for it. Nod if you understand. He nodded. Tom was a suit and not particularly muscular. I could snap him like a twig if I had a mind to and he knew it. It's not necessary to be like that. Jenny interjected. Let's try to keep this as civil as possible, please Henry. It is necessary for me to be like that, and I am being as civil as possible. I'm the one being betrayed and stomped on so fuck you and whatever you think about how I should react. I spat out at her. And I'm taking custody of my little girl, not you. Henry, I understand you're upset, but I'm not giving up custody of Juliana. Jenny said. We can work out a fair visitation schedule so that you can spend plenty of time with her, but she will stay with us so that her life can be as normal as possible. You work long hours and I'll still be staying at home. Fuck that. God, I was eloquent. You don't understand a goddamn thing. She's my kid, too. I haven't spent the last 18 years working my ass off to support my family to become a part-time dad because the whore I married decided to trade up for someone with a bigger bank account. I guess that explains why none of the women ever worked out. He apparently had his sights set on you. This isn't about money, Henry. She countered. The fact is we never should have gotten married. I thought I loved you like that but we were just kids. I married you because we had been together so long and everyone expected us to. And I've tried to be a loving wife to you but as I got older I realized there was more for me out there. And I found it with Tom. We didn't mean for it to be this way. He was just always here and we clicked. Frankly, we're surprised you never noticed how well he and I got along. I realized they were now holding hands. I noticed. I said. I just had trust in my wife and best friend, misplaced as it obviously was. It never occurred to me that two of the three people that meant the most to me would stab me in the back. It's bad enough you've done this to me. If you fight me on custody the gloves come off. Is that clear? Then I guess the gloves come off. Jenny said. I'm sorry you feel it has to be this way. 
It could have been done much easier. Whatever. I'm sorry that I'm making your complete betrayal more difficult than you want it to be, you bitch. You two get the hell out of here. I'm not leaving the house that I worked every day to pay for because you've decided I'm not good enough for you anymore. I'm sure moneybags that can put you up in that bachelor pad of his. Fine, Jenny said. I already have a number of things at his place anyway. That hurt. I'll just grab a few more things and then we'll go. For what it's worth, Henry, I'm sorry. They were already out of range when I mumbled. Nothing you say is worth a shit, obviously. I sat in silence on the couch, staring into space. I heard them rummaging around in the bedroom for about thirty minutes then Tom lugged a suitcase out the front door and loaded it into his car. Jenny came out of the bedroom moments later. She paused and turned toward me before heading out the door. She started to say something, then changed her mind and walked out without another word. When Juliana came home later that day I explained what had happened, trying not to use any derogatory language about her mother or Uncle Tom. I didn't want to come off as trying to poison her relationship with her mother. In retrospect perhaps I should have, but I was trying to make this as easy as possible for her, and I had complete faith in my relationship with my daughter. It probably wouldn't have mattered anyway. I in this state. A child that is 14 or older gets significant input as to which parent she wants to live with, assuming that both parents are considered fit. Unfortunately, being a lying, cheating slut does not, in and of itself, make you an unfit parent, but I was confident in Juliana's love for me and that she would choose to stay with old dad. I got a lawyer on Monday and made it very clear I wanted to go for the jugular. He said he would do his best but state law was working against me. I'd likely be on the hook for alimony, at least until the whore married the asshole, which I expected to happen in short order so that probably wouldn't be too bad. Child support would, of course, depend on where Juliana ended up, so I was confident I'd skate on that as well. All the papers were filed and in three weeks we had our hearing. Jenny waived any claims to alimony since Tom already had the higher income, and they intended to marry shortly after the divorce was final. Perhaps she hoped that would pave the way for some level of civility. She was wrong. I sat with my lawyer and glared straight ahead, not glancing at her even once. I have no idea if she looked my way, obviously. We sat quietly while the judge spoke to Juliana in his chambers for nearly an hour. I watched her come out and pass through a back hallway escorted out a side door by a female sheriff. She was obviously crying, probably feeling bad for how her mother would feel when she chose me. I warmed a bit at that thought. Finally the judge returned and delivered his ruling. The divorce motion is granted and will become final 120 days from today, as established by state law. As previously mentioned, Mrs. Weston has waived any claim to alimony as well as any of the marital financial assets, in terms of cash resources, so alimony shall not be ordered and all cash assets are awarded to Mr. Weston. All in all this was going pretty well, I thought to myself. Our cash reserve wasn't enormous but it would be nice to have. She certainly didn't need it. Tom had much more money than we, than I did. The judge continued. And so, to the final issue before the court, custody of the minor child, Juliana Olivia Weston. I have spent the last hour speaking with Miss Weston. Let me stress that this is a very difficult situation for a child to be in, to essentially have to choose between her parents, and her choice was made only after thoughtful consideration of all of the potential ramifications. At her request I make the following ruling, Mrs. Jennifer Weston is awarded custody of the minor, Juliana as well as possession of the home so that Juliana may continue her education within the same school district and environment. What the hell? She had chosen the whore over me. I guess she didn't love me like I thought she did. Apparently I had completely misread my entire family, Tom included. I had been naive and foolish, thinking they actually loved and cared about me. It was just like my parents all over again. I was someone to be dealt with, to use to get what you wanted, a meal ticket, and nothing more. And now they had a better one that the judge kept talking, something about equity, child support, visitation and whatnot but I heard none of it, and it really didn't matter anyway. I could hear nothing but the sound of my own heart beating in my ears. I could hear my attorney trying to whisper reassuring words in my ear, but it all sounded like blah blah blah. I finally came back to reality with the smack of the gavel. I wandered into the hallway in a daze. I was vaguely aware of Juliana's arms around me and whispers of daddy, daddy, daddy coming from her mouth, but I lacked the ability to do anything but stand there. My betrayal by the only three people that mattered to me, heck, really the only three people in my life, was complete. I had no one that Jenny came up behind Juliana 
a look of pity on her face, while Tom wisely kept his distance. As I promised Henry, we'll make sure you get to see her as much as possible, but I do think this is in her best interest. I guess you won and I lost, I said. I'll be gone by the end of the week. Assuming I meant out of the house, she said. There's no hurry, Henry. Take your time. We can stay in the condo as long as needed. I really hope that we can get past this and learn to get along. You still mean a great deal to me. I turned and looked at her. This time my voice carried an edge to it. Don't feed me your bullshit. If I meant anything to you this wouldn't have happened. As I said, I'll be gone by the end of the week. Take your daughter and leave me alone. She's our daughter, Henry. Jenny said. She'll see you next weekend. It came out almost like a growl. No, she made her choice. She chose you. Goodbye, Jennifer. I walked out without looking back. Jenny. Tom had put his two-bedroom condo on the market right after the hearing, and he expected to sell it relatively quickly. It was a high-demand location, and he had priced it to move. Most of the place was packed up, ready to be moved to the home Henry and I used to share as soon as Henry notified the court that he had completely vacated. Keeping Juliana's life as much the same as we could was our priority, and Tom's condo was in a different school district. We never meant for this to happen, of course. We had fallen for each other despite our efforts to stop it. We didn't want to hurt Henry, but we simply couldn't deny our feelings. Fate had seemingly intervened to allow us to be intimate for the first time. Henry had been called out of town for an emergency job that would be an overnighter, which rarely happened, and Juliana asked for a sleepover at Danielle's house for the same night. I spent the night with Tom in his condo, and it was everything we had hoped for. I knew in my heart that we were meant to be. We got together twice more over the next two weeks before we finally broke the news to Henry, and all three times I felt more than I ever had for Henry. It had been very difficult for me to refuse Henry's advances during those two weeks, but my loyalty was to Tom now. We knew Henry would be hurt and upset but believed eventually he would recover. We never would have expected what actually happened. We hadn't spoken to Henry since the hearing. He had told us that all communication should be through his attorney. We had sent his lawyer a message for him to pick up Juliana from the condo on Friday at 4 p.m. It was now 4.30 and there was no sign of him. Finally, I tried his cell phone but found it had been disconnected, and I couldn't reach his attorney but I did leave another message. Maybe he lost track of the day and time. I said to Tom, I'll just run her over there. Normally Henry wouldn't have lost track of that sort of thing. His job required him to be very organized. But with all that was going on it would be understandable if it had slipped his mind this once. Juliana and I pulled up to the house and it looked like no one had been here in several days. We went inside and found the place mostly empty. All of Henry's things were gone as was everything in the main part of the house. Juliana's room was still full, and there were a few things of mine still here that I had never retrieved that I noticed a piece of paper on the counter. I picked it up and found it was a cashier's check. There was a note with it that explained this was the full amount of Henry's required child support up until Juliana's graduation from high school, as required under the terms of the divorce. There was a tap on the door and my head whipped around and I was sure Henry would be standing there, but it was Mrs. Perrine from next door. He hasn't been here in days. He emptied the whole house out onto the lawn and a Salvation Army truck came the next day to pick everything up. I think that was the day after your divorce hearing. Did he give you any forwarding information, Mrs. Perrine? I asked. His phone has been disconnected and we have no way to reach him. Juliana, dear, would you excuse us for just a moment, please? Mrs. Perrine asked as she walked further into the kitchen to stand next to me. We waited for her to step outside. I didn't want to say this in front of her, Jenny, but he did give me a message for you. I had a sudden sense of foreboding. I prepared myself for what I was sure would be bad news. Okay, what's the message? He said that when I saw you next, if you should ask where he was, I should tell you that he'd see you in hell. Pardon my language, and I'm very sorry, dear, for all that's happened. Tears were rolling down my face. He was gone. He had prepaid his child support, given away everything he owned that he couldn't carry, disconnected his phone, and left, abandoned his daughter without another word. He had said he'd be gone but I assumed he meant from the house, not from our lives. He had called Juliana your daughter but I had thought that was just in the heat of the moment. Mrs. Perrine left, and Juliana came back in the house. She saw the tears streaming down my face. What is it, mom? I had no other answer. 
Any hope I had that this was a mistake, or that things were going to be okay was gone. I felt I had no choice but to be completely honest. He's left, baby. I'm sorry. Juliana flashed anger. You did this. You drove him away by fucking his best friend and dumping him. My father is gone and it's all your fault. She broke down in tears that I grabbed her and gathered my sobbing daughter in my arms. I'm sorry, honey, I never imagined this would happen. But things couldn't go on the way they were. I wish there had been some way to do it differently, but there is no easy way to do something like this. We collapsed onto the floor of the abandoned kitchen, crying into each other's shoulders for seemingly hours, though in fact it was about ten minutes, until we were finally able to get our emotions under some semblance of control. We drove back to the condo in silence, and Juliana immediately went to her room and slammed the door, bursting into tears again. What happened? Asked Tom. He's gone. I told him. He donated everything in the house, cut off his phone, left a check for the full amount of his child's support. I showed him the check. And he told our neighbor if we asked where he was that he'd see us in hell. Tom, I'm afraid. What if he does something foolish? We sat on the couch and I leaned into Tom's shoulder. I simply couldn't believe what had happened, Tom said. I never would have believed he'd react like this. He's always been the one that could handle the crisis. When we were being stupid and shattering beer bottles outside that school one night and the cops showed up, we all scattered but there was no way we'd all get away. He calmly put himself in harm's way to let the rest of us escape. We asked him why the next day and he said there was no other way out of it. They needed to catch someone. Once they did, he figured they'd stop looking for anyone else. And he said he was the most logical choice since he was the one with the record. He gave himself up for us. It was perfectly logical to him. I knew he'd be hurt by this but was sure he'd understand that it made sense and we'd somehow move on. There's nothing we can do now until he turns up. Henry. The good thing about being an electrician is there's always work no matter where you go. It's only slightly trickier to keep yourself off the grid so no one tracks you down. I had canceled all my credit cards and was paying cash for everything. I was living three states away by the time they found out the house was empty. I was able to find a local contractor that would pay me in cash in exchange for taking a lower hourly rate than I was worth. Since I didn't really need the money and wanted to work, I took it. You on the run? He asked me. Not really. I answered. Not from the law or anything. Just don't want to be found. That's okay. He said. I have an ex-wife, too. I had to smile at that dot I slept in my car and found a local truck stop nearby where I could shower and shave. I had money to get a room but didn't want to put my name on anything. They probably weren't looking. After all, they had already demonstrated that they didn't give a crap about me, and especially since they had their ransom, aka child support, but one never knows. With the weather turning colder soon I'd need something a little more insulated. I found a listing for a room for rent. The owner of the mobile home was an elderly woman who said I should just call her Miss Ruth. I asked if we'd be able to do this without a formal lease. She was a worldwide woman and accepted that I had my reasons. I don't need the money. I have plenty. I'm just looking for some company and some help to fix this place up a bit. How about you just stay here off the record, in exchange for doing some repairs and being here to keep me company four or five nights a week? That sounded like a good deal and I accepted. Jenny The divorce had become final in the middle of January, and Juliana's 15th birthday was about a week later. She held out hope that something would arrive from her father, but the day came and went without a word. I was heartbroken to hear Juliana crying into her pillow later that evening. I walked into mine and Tom's bedroom, which of course used to be the bedroom I shared with Henry. He was reading, something he did regularly. I really thought she'd hear from him. Even if he sent it to his lawyer to bring to us I really thought he would send something. Can he really have completely given her up just for choosing to live with us? It surprises me too, Tom replied. Obviously we underestimated how much this would hurt him. But we can't let it ruin our lives together, honey. Otherwise there'll have been no point to this. We have to try to be happy and just deal with Henry when and if he decides to enter our lives again. But we might want to think about having Juliana see a counselor. Yes, I think you may be right about that. Since it doesn't seem like he's coming back, we're going to have to help her come to terms with him being gone. Henry The first had been with Miss Ruth for nearly three years, just going to work and going home. I was actually home with her most every night. 
I had no interest in going out, and certainly none in picking up women. It was now January and I had celebrated, okay, observed my 40th birthday less than two months ago. And as much as I tried to push my former life out of my mind, it still crept in once in a while. I was aware that my former wife would, herself, be turning 40 in a few months. She had married Tom two months after the divorce was final, so their three-year anniversary was approaching. I had kept an eye on the wedding announcements in the online version of the local newspaper and had gotten quite drunk the day I saw it appear. I was also aware that my former daughter's 18th birthday was later this month, and that she'd be graduating from high school this June. I briefly wondered what her college plans were but quickly pushed all thoughts of those treacherous people out of my mind, and suddenly I needed a drink. Jenny Juliana had been driving since she turned 16, so when she turned 18 and found the new car in the driveway that we had given her we were comfortable with giving her the okay to pick up some of her friends and spend the day at the mall. We had reached the point where we no longer expected anything to arrive on her birthday from her father, but we continued to hold out the faintest hope. But again the day passed and nothing arrived. Juliana Graduation Day As I sat amongst the other 347 kids in my high school graduating class, I cried a few quiet tears for what my life should have been. Mom and Dad should still be married, and they should be sitting together waiting for me to walk across the stage. It had been one of the goals we talked about for years, and we should have shared it together. That may have been selfish thinking, but it was how I felt. Sure, Mom was happy. Once they managed to at least put the pain of the split and Dad's disappearance behind them, they had settled into a good routine. Mom clearly loved Tom and vice versa, probably more than she ever loved Dad. But I still couldn't help but feel none of this should have ever happened. I scanned the crowd and was able to locate Mom and Tom, and they waved at me as our eyes met. Not far away I also found Danielle's parents. They had been a big source of support during the divorce and even since then. They tried their best to try and explain the pain Daddy probably felt, though they made sure I knew they didn't condone his actions. They had meant a lot to me, and I was glad they were here even if it was actually for Danielle. I continued looking around and saw a few other familiar faces, but suddenly one caught my eye. He was sitting near the back, wearing glasses and his hair was rather long, but I was sure about the face. I stood up to try and get a better look, but just like that he was gone. Maybe it had been my imagination. Jenny The next four years passed relatively quickly and without incident. Despite our efforts, including a few visits to fertility specialists, Tom and I were unable to conceive a child of our own. I would have loved to have given Tom a child but it just wasn't in the cards. Nonetheless we remained very much in love and were happy with our choice to be together. We obviously regretted some of the repercussions but they couldn't all be helped. Juliana was getting ready to graduate from UC Berkeley and would be pursuing a teaching career. She had recently started dating a young man named Benjamin, and they seemed very good together. As happens frequently when Juliana is reaching milestones in her life, I started thinking about Henry. It had been about seven years since we had heard anything from him at all. We had contacted his attorney once before but was told he had no messages for us and would contact us if he ever did, but otherwise he couldn't tell us anything, even if he did know where Henry was. I took some solace that we had never been notified of his death so I presumed he was still alive somewhere, and I couldn't help but wonder what he was doing and whether he had managed to move on from the pain I had caused him. Henry Still living off the grid, as it were, I was now renting a room in a boarding house, again on a cash basis without a formal lease, thanks to a reference from Miss Ruth. I was 44 years old now and remained in excellent shape. Miss Ruth had started to have health problems about a year ago, and her family was forced to move her into a care facility, and they sold her mobile home to a family. I was still working for the same company and being paid cash, though I had seen some increases in pay. I wouldn't say I was happy, but I was at peace with where my life was. Of course, then I went into Denny's for lunch. I had been here many times before, though it had been about three weeks since the last time, and I knew the staff pretty well. Gail, a lovely black woman in her early sixties who worked the counter, and whom I had known since I landed here, saw me come in. She knew my story backwards and forwards, having been a great person to talk to over the years and promising to be discreet. She was the only person here I had confided in. I went to sit at the counter, and she stopped me. Ah, uh, Mr. Henry, today you need to sit in that booth right over there, she said. She pointed to one of the booths along the front of the restaurant. Knowing better than to argue with Gail, who had a reason for everything she did, 
I dutifully took a seat in the second booth in the row, hoping she would explain the demand at some point. It became quite clear what her intent was when my server showed up, one I had never seen before. She looked to be in her mid-thirties. She was tall, slim, blonde, coincidentally, or not, the polar opposite from Jenny Short, brunette, and curvy, and beautiful. And she had a wonderful smile. Her name tag read Kelly Dot. Good morning, she said. How are you doing today? Much better now. I answered that IT was cheesy, I know, but she smiled like it was the sweetest thing she had ever heard, even though it was probably the millionth time she had heard it. I ordered my usual and then waited until Kelly disappeared around the corner. I jumped up and caught Gail. I know what you're doing, you know. I should hope so, she answered. Or you're not as smart as I thought you were. Then she went about her business. Kelly checked on me a couple of times before my food came, then delivered the plate promptly. I watched as she interacted with other customers, and several times caught her glancing back at me while I was looking at her. It seemed she felt the same connection I felt. Or maybe she was just afraid I was going to stalk her, and she wanted to be able to provide a good description. She approached me one more time. My shift is ending so I wanted to wish you a good day, she said. She hadn't made a point of saying goodbye like this to any of the other customers. It must have meant something, so I took a chance. Say, would you have dinner with me tonight? Her face lit up with a big smile. I'd like that. You can pick me up here at six o'clock. I stayed in my booth until she left. She gave me a nice smile as she passed me on her way out. I immediately went to the counter to talk to Gail, who I was pretty sure lived here. All right, Cupid, what's her story? I asked. Gail gave me the story as she knew it. She's 35 and has an eight-year-old daughter named Megan. Her husband couldn't hold a job and ran off with her best friend when the girl was only three. That sounds familiar, I thought. She just moved here hoping to get a fresh start and hasn't even dated since hubby took off. I thought of you instantly. You'll be good together. I can feel it. Does she know you set us up? I asked. Gail just gave me a mischievous smile. She would never tell me. I showed up at Denny's at 5.45, not wanting to be late, with flowers in hand. I sat, very nervously, in a booth near the door and waited for her to arrive, and promptly at 6 o'clock Kelly appeared, from behind me. She had been waiting in the back room. She was nervous and hadn't wanted to wait at her apartment, she said. She wore a white floral print dress and pink high heels, which nearly elevated her to my height. She wore just a touch of makeup and looked utterly beautiful. And I told her so. Thank you very much, that's a sweet thing to say. She said. You look quite handsome yourself. She hooked her arm in mine and we walked the two blocks down to Maggie's steakhouse. I know it's something of a romantic notion, but Kelly's arm really felt like it belonged there. Maybe it had simply been so long since anyone's had been there, but that's not what I felt. We were seated at a two-person booth sitting across from each other. Gail had said she was 35 but she didn't look much over 25 tonight. Her blonde hair was mostly down but she had some of it twisted in a braid I was in something of a tough spot. I wanted to know everything about her, but I wasn't much interested in talking about what I generally referred to as my first life. In my mind the person that had lived the first 37 plus years of my life was not actually me, or at least the me that I was now. I was occasionally asked if I had kids and my answer was always no, because as far as I was concerned when Juliana chose her mother she replaced me with Tom. Of course, I'd like to say I even really believed all that, but I knew there was a part of me that still loved and missed her. It was just buried deep, deep under all of the pain and anger. So to limit my exposure I tried to keep the conversation as current as possible. So how long have you been at Denny's? I asked. That seemed like a safe start. Just a couple of weeks now. I've done serving before and I really enjoy getting to talk to people. She answered. And they're able to give me day shifts so that I can work while my daughter's in school. How old's your daughter? I asked. I knew the answer. Gail had already told me. But I wanted to make sure I got any information directly from Kelly rather than a third party. She's eight, and she is the light of my life. She said. Her name is Megan, and she is so smart and beautiful. Do you have any kids? Crap. No, I don't. I tried to say as normal as possible. And technically this isn't lying because I don't have kids. As far as I was concerned, I used to have one, but not anymore, at least not in this life. Do you like kids? Kelly asked. Because any man that ends up in my life has to be prepared to be a father to Megan. 
That's not to say I'm out hunting for one. I can do just fine on my own. But I'm not going to be in a situation where me and my daughter is separate from me and my husband. We'll be a family, and we'll act like one. Does that make sense? It does. I answered. And I couldn't agree more. And to answer your question, yes, I like kids very much. Juliana's face, at least the last one I remember seeing, came to my mind unbidden.as the evening wore on I did admit to having been married before and being divorced, but I did my level best to not divulge too many details, explaining that I still held a lot of anger and pain about it, which was the truth, but that I was determined to not let it affect my future relationships, which was also true. We kept it short, just dinner, and then I offered to drive her home, but she had me drop her at the restaurant again. Henry, I confess that I really like you. Kelly explained. I felt a connection when I first talked to you at my table and I still feel it tonight. But I can't have you take me home because that's where Megan is. My neighbor is nice enough to watch her when I have to work extra or go out for some reason. But I'm not ready for Megan to see me with someone until I'm really ready and really sure. I hope you can understand that. I understand completely, Kelly. I responded. I just have me but you have her to consider. I'll let you be the guide for that kind of thing. Can I see you again tomorrow? I can't go out again tomorrow night. She said. I don't want to be a burden on Mrs. Pritchett. But I work tomorrow morning, and I'd really like it if you came and had breakfast in my station tomorrow. Can we consider it our second date? I asked. I'd like that very much. Maybe Gail will let me sit with you for a few minutes, since she set us up and all. I wasn't sure if you were aware of that. I'll see you in the morning. I gave her a kiss on the cheek. Kelly. I had been hard at work since 7 a.m. this morning. The school has an early morning program that allows me to drop her off before I come to work, and we were busy this morning, but I knew the moment Henry walked in the door just about 7.45. I felt him before I saw him. All of my tables were actually taken so he sat at the counter with Gail until one opened up and then he swooped in and grabbed it before it was even fully cleared that I really wanted to spend time with him, but I was at work and that had to be my first priority. But I was able to take a quick five minutes to sit with him. He reached his hands across the table to me and I took both of his and both of mine. I'm sorry I don't have more time to sit with you. It's okay, I know you're working. When can I take you out again? Like I said, I don't like to take advantage of Miss Pritchett's kindness. How about we do something two nights from now? I guess I can wait that long, as long as I can come in for breakfast and see you between now and then. You better. I should get back to work. Yeah, I've got some jobs today I should get to. I'll see you tomorrow. I stood up, quickly giving him a peck on the cheek. Thank you for coming to see me. It meant a lot to me. We were both smiling wide as I walked away. Henry. Two nights later I again picked up Kelly at Denny's, but this time we went to a country western bar and grill on the outside of town. We danced several times and Kelly was frequently asked to dance while we took a break. To my everlasting delight she turned all of the offers down, making it clear in no uncertain terms that she was here with someone, and I had every spot on her dance card reserved. It reminded me that when Jenny and I had gone out dancing she thought nothing of dancing with other guys, nor had I objected. But Kelly said no all on her own, it wasn't even a question, and I found myself really appreciating that as the night wore on we began dancing closer and closer and I was getting aroused, noticeably, if you know what I mean. I began making efforts to keep her from becoming aware of it, but during one slow dance she made it clear my efforts had been unsuccessful. She purposely bumped my bulge with her leg and whispered into my ear. Did I do that? I assured her she had, though was quite certain I had turned several shades of red. Hey, don't be embarrassed. She continued. It's been a long time since I had that effect on a man. I'm kind of flattered, actually. Kelly, you may not have been aware of it, but I doubt it's been very long at all since you affected a man like that. I said. You're so beautiful. Those last three words, I think, are what earned me the very passionate kiss she laid on me just a second later. We made out right there on the dance floor for a several minutes before she finally whispered in my ear. I think it's time we went back to your place. I violated several traffic laws on the way back to the boarding house, but as the saying goes, it's not illegal if you don't get caught. We were sweaty from dancing but neither of us cared. We stood next to the bed kissing as I worked on getting her out of her clothes, followed by her returning the favor. Her breasts were small, probably a B-cup, but perky and firm, with great nipples. Her pussy was unshaved but kept neat.
I lifted her onto the bed then lay next to her. Please take it slow, okay? I haven't done this since my husband left five years ago. That, my lovely lady, is both a shame and my blessing. A shame that such a beautiful woman has been idle for so long, but a blessing to me that I am finally the one to be with you. She smiled at me. You talk good. She said. It's been a while for me as well, so we'll relearn together. We made love until she had to leave in order to be home by midnight as she had promised her sitter. I refused to drop her at Denny's that late. Either I took her home where she stayed with me. Her daughter would be in bed by now anyway, and I wasn't willing to risk Kelly's safety. She allowed me to take her back to her apartment. We kissed again for several minutes at her door before I reluctantly let her go. Kelly We had been together for about two months and Henry was being so patient. He came to see me at work most every day and we went out about every three to four days. Miss Pritchett assured me she was happy to watch Megan anytime but I still didn't want to do it too often. We also managed to get together here and there when I was off work and Megan still had school, but that wasn't often since I tried to schedule as much of my work as I could when Megan was in school. We were both aware that Gail had pushed us together, and we both noticed the look she gave us that said told you so. I had really fallen for him, and I had decided it was time to take the next step in our relationship. How would you feel? I said. About having dinner at my place tomorrow? That would be wonderful. He answered. Will it be, just the two of us? I paused just a moment, to build a little tension, and then smiled and said. No. Megan will be there, if you're okay with that. Kelly, honey, I'm not just okay with that. I'm thrilled. But are you sure you're ready? I am. It's time, I think. She likes stuffed animals. Henry. The first arrived right on time, carrying a small green teddy bear. I was nervous as I knocked on her door. Megan herself answered the door, with Kelly standing just a couple feet behind her. Well, good evening. You must be Megan, the lady of the house. Megan was dressed in a pastel pink dress with pigtails and her hair secured by pink ribbons of the same color. Kelly was wearing yoga pants and a light sweater. She had her hair straightened. Her hair had a natural wave. Yes, sir, I am. Please come in. I was very impressed with her manners. Thank you, Miss Megan. Say, maybe you can help me with the problem. I held up the bear. I have this friend of mine here that needs a place to live and someone to love him. He can't stay at my house. There is a very strict no-bears policy. I wonder if you might be willing to take care of him for me. Megan took the little bear from my hand. I have lots of friends he can meet. He'll be happy here. She ran off to deliver her new friend to her bedroom. That was sweet. Kelly said, giving me a quick kiss. She loves stuffed animals. Her room is full of them, and they all have names. I don't know how she keeps them all straight. I took her in my arms and gave her a longer kiss, that broke rather abruptly when Megan came charging into the room. These are my best friends. She announced. I was introduced to Isabel the raccoon, Susie the tiger, and Conrad the zebra. I shook each of their hands' paws. Hooves. As introductions were made, then Kelly asked her to please put her friends away. Conrad? I asked. She heard the name on a commercial and liked it, for some reason. Kelly explained. The next friend to enter the family was named Conrad. We sat down to dinner and the conversation was mostly dominated by an eight-year-old girl that really liked the sound of her own voice. But it was a delight to hear her, and once again Juliana's face came to my mind. This time it was the eight-year-old version of her. I felt my eyes start to mist up and I quickly took control of myself, hoping Kelly hadn't noticed. After dinner Kelly and I were sitting on the couch talking and holding hands while watching Megan play with a number of her friends, including Bobby, the newest member of her family. Rather abruptly, Megan stopped and looked at me. Are you going to be my new daddy? Kelly started to interject but I stopped her. I got this, huh? I had Megan come stand in front of me. Megan, honey, I like your mom a whole lot, but I won't lie to you, okay? Your mommy and I are still getting to know each other, and we're still a ways from deciding anything like that. And not only that, but I have another pretty girl that I need to convince, because if I do someday marry your mommy... In a way I'll be marrying you too, right? So you, your mommy, and I will be spending a lot of time together while we decide what we want to do. And there will also be times when it's just mommy and me. It's not that we won't want you with us those times, but sometimes the grown-ups need to spend time alone. But as soon as mommy and I make any decisions, you'll be the first to know, I promise. Does that sound okay? 
I guess that's okay. Megan said. Promise I'm the first? I nodded. Okay. Can I have my ice cream now? Kelly got up and served us each a bowl of ice cream, which we ate at the table. This was all bringing back so many really hard memories, ones I had tried hard to avoid for years. My eyes got wet again, and this time I was certain Kelly noticed, but neither of us said anything. Finally it was time for Megan to go to bed. My heart grew three sizes when she asked me to read her bedtime story. After a rousing version of Sleeping Beauty I kissed her forehead and said goodnight. When Kelly and I made it back to the couch she asked about the little speech I gave Megan about being her daddy. That was a great answer. She said. It was like you had practiced it. I did kind of. I said. I did some research online about dating a single mom and how to handle questions like that. I took their suggestions and thought about what I wanted to say when it came up. I'm glad I was able to do it okay. You did great. I think she really likes you. She put her hand on mine. So, will you stay? I was hoping to, but it's your house and it's your little girl down the hall so I wasn't going to push it. I really want you to, but I'd have to ask you to leave before she wakes up. We'll just have to be careful. Is that okay? I answered by taking her hand and going down the hall to her bedroom, being careful to lock the door. I paused as the memories came back again, this time of having acted similarly when Juliana was little and Jenny and I needed time to ourselves. I was living it all again. Part of me was grateful for the second chance, and that I could maybe get it right this time, and part of me was terrified that the result would be the same. I couldn't handle that again. All went according to plan. Kelly and I again spent about three hours being intimate. There are really no words to describe making love to Kelly. Her skin is perfect, and so soft. When I slid inside her for the first time tonight her moans made clear the pleasure she felt. She particularly enjoyed doing it missionary, as she liked when we looked into each other's eyes and kissed as I slid in and out of her. And when she climaxes it's a whole body experience, causing her walls to clench down on my shaft. It's nearly impossible for her to climax without her bringing me along for the ride. When we were done she peeked in on Megan and found her fast asleep and cuddling with her new bear friend Bobby. I got dressed and took my leave, thankful it had gone so well and looking forward to even more time with Kelly. Kelly I was relaxing in Henry's bed. Megan had slept over at a friend's house last night, and I had today off, but Henry had gone off to work. It's been eight months now since Henry and I met, and we are crazy in love. Well, I am for sure, and I'm pretty sure he is. I had spent the night in Henry's room with him, and we had made love most of the night, and once more before he left for work. Frankly, I'm a little worried about his customers smelling my pussy on him doubt we've been together pretty much every day in that time, and I was expecting him to propose any day now, and he'll get an enthusiastic yes when he finally does that I rolled out of bed to climb in the shower. I had slept naked next to my man so I didn't even need to take any clothes off. I'll be hanging out here until Henry comes to pick me up for lunch, and then he'll take me home so I can be there when Abby's mom brings Megan home this afternoon. It was just boredom that set me to looking around Henry's room. He didn't really have much stuff, and we didn't spend a lot of time here. We were usually at my place because of Megan. In fact this was only the second time I'd been here alone, and the first time had lasted all of twenty minutes while he ran to the store for some milk that I could see most everything just by standing in the center of the room. There was his home office, the small desk and filing cabinet, his full kitchen, microwave and hot plate on the counter next to the sink, the closet where he kept his clothes, and of course the queen-size bed we made good use of last night. I flipped through the clothes hanging in the closet. I had worn several of his shirts as nightgowns, after he had taken them off at my house. They always had his smell on them, and I really liked inhaling that as I slept out I happened to notice a file box tucked into the corner of his closet. It was missing the lid and I could see it wasn't very full, and I wondered why that stuff wasn't with the rest of his files. I confessed that my curiosity got the better of me. I took a quick glance and noticed that the dates were all from years ago, back before he moved to Texas. It was from that time in his life that he all but refused to talk about. I knew a few things but he really didn't like to talk about it. It seemed to really upset him, so I didn't push. But this was the man I wanted to marry, and I felt like I knew so little about him, so I was torn over whether to take advantage of this opportunity to learn some things about his past. I don't even have to let on that I know. It would just be for my own peace of mind. And so, with a small prayer that Henry will forgive me if her ever finds out, I pulled out the first folder. I found his marriage certificate, 
which was not a surprise, and I also found his divorce decree, which I was surprisingly relieved to see. I think part of me was worried that he wouldn't talk about his past because he was still married. I glanced through the terms of the divorce and was stunned to see that he had a daughter. Hadn't he said he didn't have any kids? Other than that, the only surprise was that he had gotten all of the cash in their accounts. Custody, child support, visitation, all seemed pretty normal. I looked closer at the information about his daughter. Her name was Juliana and she'd be about 22 now, which would have made her just 14 when they divorced. Maybe when he said no kids he meant no young kids like Megan. Of course I couldn't ask him about it or he'd know I'd been snooping, but I was sure there was more to this than meets the eye. On another page I found one piece of contact information, a phone number for his ex-wife, Jennifer. I quickly boxed everything back up and put it back the way I found it. Maybe Gail knew something. She had known Henry for years. I'd start there. Henry. The first picked up Kelly for lunch, and she seemed, off somehow. Distracted is probably the best description. You okay, honey? You seem like you have something on your mind. No, baby, I'm fine. Just a little tired. You kind of wore me out last night. She smiled at me. I dropped it at that, but I wasn't entirely convinced. Kelly. I got to work early the next morning so I could talk to Gail. Gail, what do you know about Henry's life before he moved here? She turned to me quickly and had a glint in her eye. The concern in her voice when she spoke was evident. Why were you a skin, girl? I accidentally found some stuff in his apartment last night. Did you know he has a daughter? He told me he didn't have any kids. And he won't tell me much about his past. There has to be some reason why he's created all this separation from his old life. Kelly, baby, you need to let this go. I've known Henry a long time. He's a good man and he'll take care of you. But if you dig into this you may not like what happens. Trust me. Let it go. So you do know something. Please, Gail. I love him so much. Help me. She just shook her head and said, Let it go, honey. Let it go. Part of me really wanted to take her advice, but the more I thought about it as the day wore on, the more I found I couldn't do that. He came in for breakfast as usual and I did my best to act normal. We talked about our plans for tonight before he had to get to work. I gave him a kiss and sent him on his way. When my shift ended I went back to my place to think some more. As I sat in my apartment I realized that I had to know what had led Henry to leave his daughter behind. I had to know because I had a daughter of my own. She loved Henry as if he was her father, and he seemed to love her like she was his own. And if he could leave one daughter behind, he could do it again if the circumstances were right. And until I knew what those circumstances were, I didn't think I could put Megan's heart at risk. I was her mother, and she was my first priority, even above my own happiness. Since Gail wouldn't tell me anything, and Henry had made it clear he wouldn't tell me anything either, I only had one course of action. Jenny. The caller ID on the phone simply said private number. I had taken to answering calls from strange or blocked numbers, just on the off chance it was Henry. But as I picked up the phone I held no hope that it was anything besides a telemarketer or some other such junk, as it usually was. Hello? Yes, hello? Um, I'm trying to reach a Jennifer Weston. I almost hung up the phone. Someone calling using my old married name was almost certainly trying to sell me something and was using outdated information. But something in the tone of the voice, the uncertainty of it, made me hang on. Well, that used to be me, though it's Holloway now. Who's calling, please? Mrs. Holloway, my name is Kelly. We've never met but... She took a deep breath. But I'm dating your ex-husband, Henry. Had I heard that right? I just stood there, the phone pressed to my ear not believing what I had just heard. I had thought about what I would say if something like this ever happened, but in the moment I couldn't seem to form any coherent thoughts let alone words. Mrs. Holloway? I'm sorry. Please call me Jenny. You've just caught me completely by surprise. Give me one moment please. I set the phone down and rubbed my face, almost like I was waking from a dream. I wish Tom were here, he'd know what to say, or at least help me figure it out but he was still at work. I managed to get myself together and picked up the phone. Kelly, I'm sorry about making you wait. This is just, I understand, Jenny. Kelly said. I don't know much, but I do know you haven't heard from him in some time. Eight years? I responded. It's been eight years. How is he? Where is he? He's fine, doing well for himself, 
Kelly answered. I'm sorry, but I can't tell you where he is. I get the impression he wouldn't be too happy about it. I'm already risking my relationship by even calling you. I did a little snooping to even get any information at all. He's never really spoken to me about his past. That hurt me a little bit, that he had made a new life somewhere, had even found a girlfriend, but he still wouldn't acknowledge our old life. Of course, I understand. I'm glad to hear he's doing well. He's a very good man, Kelly. He didn't deserve what I did to him. If you don't mind my asking, Jenny, what exactly did you do to him? I guess I'm not really surprised that he didn't tell you. Well, the short version is we were together for over 20 years and married for 16, and I divorced him to marry his best friend, whom he had known since third grade. God, that sounds just awful when I say it out loud. Wow. My husband did the same thing to me. He divorced me from my best friend. Small world, huh? We hadn't been together as long, though. But that doesn't explain why he did what he did. People get divorced every day, even for reasons like yours, but they don't take off and abandon their kids. There must be more to it. Oh, there is. I explained the circumstances that led to Henry's departure. I don't think he saw it as abandoning his daughter because, in his mind, she had abandoned him first by choosing to live with me and Tom. In fact, right after the divorce hearing he called her your daughter and said he'd be gone in a week, but I didn't realize what he meant. Well, I can't say I agree with what he did, but at least I can understand it a little better. Said Kelly doubt I really didn't want to rock the boat, but I didn't know if this would be my only chance at this. Kelly, I know you don't owe me anything, and I'm not asking for me. I said, Juliana is getting married in a few months. She's tried her best to move on, to deal with not having heard anything from her father since she was 14, not even a birthday card. But with her wedding coming up she is crying all the time that her daddy won't be there to walk her down the aisle. She's dreamt of that since she was a little girl. If you have any influence over him, if there's anything you can do. To her credit, she didn't freak out or hang up the phone. She considered what I asked her and gave me a reasonable response, especially considering that she was the one with a place in his life and the one with something to lose. I'm sure you realize what you're asking, Jenny. If I even mention this he'll probably dump me and take off again. He can find work anywhere, and he has plenty of money. I have no idea how I'd even broach the subject, let alone convince him to go. Of course, I understand. Maybe it's best to just let sleeping dogs lie. Kelly, thank you so much for calling. Please save my number. I'd appreciate you calling every once in a while, if you wouldn't mind, to let me know how he's doing. It would give me a great deal of comfort to know that he's gotten on with his life. I'll save your number. Kelly said. But I can't honestly promise more than that. I hope you understand. I immediately called Tom at work to tell him what had happened. Did you get a phone number for her or anything we can use? No. Her number was blocked and she didn't tell me her last name. But maybe this is just the first baby step towards something more. Kelly. I ended the call, glad that I had made it. I had learned a lot about what I had wanted to know. But the question now was what to do, if anything, with what I had learned. I mean, Jenny was right in that I don't owe them anything. Why should I destroy the best relationship I've ever had for them? But it wasn't for them, I realized. It was for me, and it was for Megan. What would I want someone to do for me and my daughter if I were in Jenny and Juliana's place? I'd want someone to help, if only for Megan's sake. I doubted it mattered much to Jenny for herself. She wanted this for her daughter. And what if, God forbid, something did happen between Henry and I down the line to make things go bad? Would he run out on Megan to save himself the pain, like he had done with Juliana? Or were the circumstances that led him to leave Juliana so painful that Henry did something out of character? I thought back to my own childhood also, to my own father cheating on my mother and walking out on them. Sure, Henry hadn't been the one to be unfaithful, but no matter the cause, it was still a little girl losing her daddy, and so I made perhaps the hardest decision of my life, one that might well cost me the man that I love. I had to give Henry the opportunity to right this wrong. And he was wrong to leave his daughter like that, no matter what her decision had been in that moment. How could I trust Megan's heart to him otherwise? But I couldn't just ask him about it. It would be too easy for him to walk away again as long as Juliana was just a name from his past. No, he needed to see her, to face up to what he had done and who he had left behind. The next day, after my shift, I called Jenny again. Kelly, I certainly didn't expect to hear from you so soon. 
Does this mean anything as far as Henry goes? She asked. Jenny, I've made a very difficult decision that I hope doesn't cost me Henry's love, but it has to be done. I need to ask you two favors. First, I need Juliana's phone number. Second, I'm going to tell her where he is, but I must swear her to silence and I have to ask you not to press her on it. If I have any chance of continuing with Henry the first can have you knowing where he is, maybe someday, but not right now. Can you do that? Of course. Jenny answered. My only concern is for Juliana. And assuming there's some cost involved in what you're planning, Tom and I will pay for everything. She provided me with Juliana's number, and then asked me to give her a few minutes so she could give her daughter a heads up before I called. I waiting 15 minutes before having the nerve to place the call and speak to my man's daughter for the very first time, and under less than ideal circumstances. Good afternoon, this is Juliana Weston. Is this Kelly? Yes, it is. I answered. Obviously your mother explained what was going on. She did, and she already stressed that anything you told me about my father was to be kept from her. I'm sorry it has to be that way, but I understand it. And I'm ready to do whatever you ask. You'll need to fly into the Austin International Airport, the sooner the better. I'll pick you up there and take you to your dad. You'll stay with me while you're here, and I guess we'll just see what happens. Can I ask you something? Juliana asked. Why are you risking a relationship for me? You don't even know me. That's a fair question, Juliana. Kelly said. I was you once, and my daughter is you now, just a girl wanting her father in her life. I just feel some things are that important. I need to know the man I hope to marry, and I need him to make things right with you. Even as we talked, Juliana went online and booked a flight to Austin for tomorrow. She emailed me the itinerary, and I'd pick her up myself. Now there was nothing left to do but wait. Henry The first was tired when I got home from work and was surprised to find my girl waiting for me, without a stitch of clothing on. I pulled her into my arms and kissed her deeply. Where's Megan? Kelly gave me that seductive smile she has. Is that really what you want to know? You know what, it's not important. I decided that we had an amazing night, including her giving me her ass for the very first time. I wondered what the occasion was, but chose not to question it right now. I was madly in love with this woman, more than I had been in love with Jenny, which I hate to admit gave me some insight into why Jenny made the decision she made. But they did it behind my back, and this revelation did nothing to lessen my anger and hate for them. When I dropped Kelly back at her apartment I almost asked. I had the ring in my pocket and everything but I wanted it to be something more special. It would definitely be soon. As she closed the door she gave me a look that bordered on melancholy or bittersweet. I hoped everything was okay. Kelly After shuffling Megan off to school I made the drive out to the airport. I waited at baggage claim with a sign that had Juliana's name on it and waited. We had exchanged pictures but there were a lot of people. I kept an eye on all the women that seemed to resemble the picture I had, but as soon as I saw Juliana I knew it was her. Sure enough, as soon as that same woman saw the sign she smiled and walked straight for me. You must be Kelly. She said. I'm Juliana. Gosh, you're even more beautiful in person than you are in your picture. I can see why daddy likes you. What a sweet thing to say. I responded. You're quite beautiful yourself. You have your dad's eyes. Juliana smiled. Are you ready to see your dad? I've been ready for eight years. I hope it goes even half as well as I've fantasized it will. We loaded into my little car and headed back home to Marble Falls, the small town where Henry and I had settled in and met. When we got on the edge of town I pulled over and called into Rosie the dispatcher for Henry's company, putting the phone on speaker. Rosie, can you tell me where Henry is working right now? Sure, Kelly. Hang on. Rosie replied. He's at the Beals on 4th and Main. And Kelly, he's got a couple more jobs today so if you're gonna do him in the back of his truck again make it a quickie. She chuckled as she hung up that I was too slow to cut off the call before that little tidbit had been broadcast. I could feel myself turning a remarkable shade of red as Juliana gave me a knowing smile. The back of his truck, huh? Interesting. I was frisky, and he looked so good all sweaty and stuff. I couldn't resist. As we approached the intersection near the department store I pointed out Henry's truck. We'll have to wait until he comes out. I'll stand by the driver's door and you wait a few feet back so the truck is between you and him. We waited there for about twenty minutes before I finally heard his voice talking with the department store manager as he left the store. 
It was time. I gave Juliana a thumbs up then waited. Henry. The first had repaired the short in the wiring that was causing the restroom lights to flicker and was headed out the door. I had two more calls to finish before I could get back to Kelly and Megan and maybe find the right time to pop the question. I carried the ring with me, waiting for the right opportunity, though soon I would have to create the opportunity if none came along. As I rounded the corner to where my truck was parked I noticed Kelly's car parked behind it. Then I noticed her standing by the door of my truck. I felt the ring box in my pocket and headed toward her. Hey baby. I called out. This is a nice sir. Then I saw her, the other her, and all the pain and anger leapt back into my consciousness. Hi daddy. In an instant I ran through a gamut of emotions, none of which were positive ones. I felt the pain of my family's betrayal, the fear of what Juliana's presence here might mean for the future, and anger at Kelly for having obviously been the catalyst for this that I inhaled deeply then spoke flatly. Juliana. I turned to Kelly. I assume you found the box. She nodded. I glanced down at my watch. Well, this has been great, but I have two more jobs today and I'm burning daylight. I put my tools into my truck then opened the door. Daddy, I'm getting married. Is that right? I answered. Congratulations. I paused, unable to squelch the anger that was burning inside me. Try not to become a cheating whore like your mother. With that I climbed into the truck and shut the door. It didn't end there as Juliana was now at my window, banging on it with both fists. I saw you. I know you still love me and care about me because I saw you. She was yelling to be heard through the glass, which I then rolled down. What are you talking about, Juliana? My high school graduation. You were in the back and you were trying not to be noticed but it was you. That's how I know you still love me. I don't know what it is you think you saw, Juliana, but it sure as hell wasn't me. I fired up the truck and pulled away. Damn it. I knew I should have purged my life of that stuff, but I was trying to be careful and keep a few things just in case. And now again my old life has reared its ugly head and come to destroy me. Doing it once apparently wasn't enough. I drove about ten minutes before pulling over to get myself together. How could Kelly do this to me? I was happy, damn it. Finally, after all these years I had found love and I was happy. I should have known it wouldn't last. Happiness was apparently not my destiny, and this is the last time I would make that mistake. I had yet to have someone come into my life that didn't end up betraying me. No reason now should be any different. Finally I pulled back out and was headed to the next job. I would finish my calls today, then call my boss and let him know my past had finally caught up with me and I'd be moving on. He'd understand. Kelly. Juliana was crying into my shoulder. For my part, I was completely shocked at how cold Henry had been. This was his very own child, for God's sake. What she had done was not that bad. Children made choices like this all the time, so this was obviously more about him, about the pain he had felt. Henry had never been anything but loving to Megan and me. This seemed so out of character for him. I put Juliana into the car and drove over to my apartment. You'll stay with me for now. This was just the first try. I'll talk to him again when he gets off work. I was trying to reassure her, even as I wasn't so sure myself. Henry. It was after 6.30 p.m. when I got back to the boarding house. To my surprise neither Kelly nor Juliana was there waiting for me as I had expected. That was fortunate as it would make my departure smoother. Damn it. I really loved her and Megan. I didn't want to leave but Kelly had given me no choice. She had gone out of her way to locate my own personal hell and rain it down on me again. Now they knew where I was, and how could I trust Kelly after she did this to me? Damn it, damn it, damn it. I wasted no time pulling out my suitcases and starting to load up. All the furniture came with the room so all I really had was clothes and a few personal items. The things I had at Kelly's would just have to be a loss. I ignored the knock on the door, but when I heard it open anyway I knew it had to be Kelly. She was the only other one with a key. She closed the door and just leaned against the wall and watched me for a few minutes before speaking. Running again? Don't have a choice. Juliana knows where I am now, which probably means, oh shit. I suppose you've spoken to Jenny. Yes. Hers was the only contact number in your files. Fortunately she still had the same phone number. Yes, how fortunate. My sarcasm was obvious. So I assume now you know the whole humiliating story? Great. 
She came walking over toward me and put her hand on my shoulder. She told me what happened, Henry. But there's nothing for you to be humiliated by. The same thing happened to me, remember? But I've let it go and lived my life, and found happiness with you. The same thing happened to you? I don't think so. You hadn't been together for twenty years. This wasn't a best friend you'd had known even longer than that. Your daughter didn't choose to toss you on the scrap heap alone in favor of the people that just destroyed your life. So no, it wasn't the same thing. My voice was starting to rise. Say, you know me pretty well. Maybe you can tell me what it is about me that makes everyone I love decide to betray and abandon me. Henry, that's not, sure it is. First my mom cheats on my father and walks out on us, on me. Then dear old dad can't take it and impales himself on the nearest oak tree, so apparently I wasn't worth living for. So the powers that be then ship me back to the woman who abandoned me in the first place. You can imagine how welcome I was there with the new husband that had never wanted kids. But at least he had someone to take care of the yard work and bring him a beer now. Henry, of course, if I wasn't fast enough on those or any of my other chores I got a smack to the head or whatever else he could get away with without leaving a mark. At least until he decided a few marks weren't so bad and might remind me to be faster next time. And what did mom say when she found out what hubby was doing? She thanked him for trying to make something of her worthless child as she so memorably put it. You wondered about the scars on my back, well there you go. Honey, I... Wait, I'm not done yet. So then I finally get the hell out of there and build a successful career and marry the girl of my dreams. I have a close friend and a daughter that I adore. And I actually have it pretty good for a while. And what happens then? Well, you know the answer to that, now don't you? Yes, two of the three people that I lived for come together to destroy me again. The two people I should be able to rely on and trust take my faith in them and crush it. But even then I try to carry on, to fight the good fight. I still have my daughter, and surely she won't forsake me, right? I mean, her mom and good old Uncle Tom have each other, and Dad has no one else in the entire world, so surely she'll choose to live with me, so that I have someone to help me get through this. We've always been close so surely she will. Nope. Wrong again. She caught a whiff of whatever it is about me that everyone else smelled and she turned her back on me, too. She chose the tramp and her boyfriend over her own father. So tell me, Kelly, because maybe you've picked up on it by now. Just what the fuck is it about me that makes everyone hate me so damn much? I had wandered around the room as I rented about all the crap that life had placed at my doorstep. I was looking out the window by the time I was done, turning to face Kelly when she spoke. Henry baby, Juliana doesn't hate you. She was going through what is probably the most traumatic thing a child can experience. She just wanted a little normalcy, to know that no matter what else happened she could come home and her mother would be there like she always was. And she relied on promises that she could see you whenever she wanted and that that would be enough for you. How would you like for the choices you made when you were 14 to be held against you for the rest of your life? I realized later that she had made a very valid point about choices when you're 14 years old but I was far too angry to let anything like logic get in my way right now. Why the hell couldn't you just leave well enough alone, Kelly? I was finally happy. I had you and Megan. I had put all that crap mostly behind me. That life didn't want me anymore so I left to make one that didn't have any of them in it. I was finally looking forward to the future and now you had to open up this damn can of worms again. These people aren't anything to you. Weren't you happy? Just tell me why. I'm very happy being with you, baby, and I didn't mean to find anything. Kelly explained. But I love you and I wanted to know about you. When I looked inside the box I hoped I'd just find a few things out about you so you wouldn't be such a mystery. But when I saw you had a daughter and that you had left her behind I had to know why. But why? Why the hell did it? The light bulb went on in my head. Oh I see. If he's such a terrible person that he could walk out on his own child then he sure as hell can walk out on his stepdaughter. That's what you thought right? Her head went down and my answer was clear. That's just fucking great. Well I'll save you the trouble of having to worry about it anymore. I'll be gone by morning. I've ruined enough lives with my presence. So now you can join the club. You can go be all buddy-buddy with my daughter and join up with the rest of the backstabbers. Maybe come up with some new ways to hurt me. Too bad none of you will have me to push around anymore, at least until I stop somewhere else and someone rats me out as soon as I start to think I can be happy after all. Then the vultures can flock to me again. I felt I had sufficiently made my point, but all I managed to do was piss her off. Kelly. 
I had pretty much had enough of his crap at this point. I loved him with all my heart but I wasn't gonna let him get away with spouting this nonsense and ruin our lives. So, you think everyone is just spending their free time trying to ruin your life? That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Your daughter dropped everything to come out here because she loves you and just wants her fucking father to walk her down the aisle for her wedding and be able to meet his grandchildren. Your ex-wife, who you think hates you so damn much, just wants to make sure you're okay and find some closure for your daughter. You know what, Henry? If you want to live your life in pain, anger, and bitterness then that's your choice. I love you and I want to spend the rest of my life with you, but I'm not going to be with someone who wants to wallow in their own self-pity. Okay, bad things happen to you, and I'm sorry they did. You didn't deserve it. But bad things happen to lots of people that don't deserve it. Did I deserve to have my husband walk out on me? No. But I accepted that it happened and decided to make the most of it. I've made a life with my daughter and I was hoping to make one with you, but apparently all you can be counted on to do is run when it starts to get a little tough. I was on a roll now. Fine, yes, I worried about you walking out on me and Megan because you had already done it once before, but once I heard the story I understood. I didn't agree but I understood. But this whole thing could have been avoided if you had trusted me enough to talk to me and tell me about yourself. That's what people in love do, Henry. They talk. They trust. They share. I've shared everything about myself, even the things I wasn't proud of, because I trusted you not to judge me, and more importantly, to take care of me. I didn't need you to, Henry. I wanted you to. Sometimes life and love are painful. They just are. But that's what makes the good parts of them so good. So take your damn key. I threw his key at him as hard as I could and hit him square in the chest. I was kind of pissed that he didn't even flinch. Go ahead and run so you can find some place where you can just exist like you did for seven years, instead of living like you did with me and Megan for the last eight months. If that's what you want then go find it. Walk out on a woman that adores you and another child that loves you. But I want something more, and I wanted it with you, but I guess that's just another bad thing to happen to me. I turned and walked out of his room without looking back, slamming that crappy little door behind me as I went. I felt the whole damn building rattle from the impact but I didn't care a bit. I wanted him to chase me down and beg me to stay because I loved him so much but I was telling the truth when I said I wasn't going to live with someone wallowing in anger and bitterness. Henry. The first watched her stomp out and slammed the door behind her. Believe it or not, this was the first time I had considered that I may have done something wrong. I had a right to protect myself, to insulate myself from the people that had stomped on my heart, right? Why should I have to subject myself to them? It never occurred to me what else I might be costing myself. And I had already admitted to myself I didn't want to leave. I wanted Kelly and Megan. And maybe now I could have Juliana too, at least in part. Oh boy. This was going to take some serious ass kissing. I stopped my stupid packing and went outside. Kelly's little car was already gone. I could only hope that she was headed back to her place, but if not I would camp on her doorstep until she came home and beg her forgiveness. As I pulled into her parking lot her car was there so I knew it was time. I deserved whatever she gave me. I just hoped I hadn't lost her. I got down on my knees, which is not as easy as it once was, took a deep breath, and then raised my hand to knock on the door but before I could bring it down onto the wood the door swung open. Kelly leaned against the door frame as I raised the house key she had just recently thrown at me toward her. What do you want? She asked. I'm sorry, Kelly. You were right and I was wrong. I love you, and I love Megan. I can't lose you. I was stupid and angry and selfish, and I don't want to be those things anymore. I'll tell you anything you want to know if you'll forgive me. I need you, and I want you. Please. The silence was deafening. She stared down at me while I stared up at her. Finally she reached out and took the key from my fingers. Okay, Henry. I'll forgive you but on one condition. She opened the door all the way. You need to make things right with Juliana. I stood up and walked through the door, pausing to take her hand and give her a kiss on the cheek. She squeezed my hand back and she stopped and kissed me on the lips. Thank God we were okay. Juliana was sitting on the couch. She was not crying now, but clearly had been. I knelt down in front of her and took her hands in mine. It had been so long since I held her hands in mine, and I was struck by how it felt so foreign and yet so familiar at the same time. The emotion washed over me in an instant and my eyes were watering before I ever said a word. 
Juliana, I started. I am so sorry for what an idiot I was. I was so angry and hurt by what your mother did that I couldn't see or think straight. After what your mother and Tom did to me, I believe that when you decided to live with them that you chose to betray me as well, and there was no way I could stay after that. And so I left. I convinced myself that you wouldn't care since you had chosen them over me. But daddy, I didn't. Juliana tried to interrupt, but I stopped her. I know, baby, I know. But that's what I thought, how I felt. I was wrong, I know that now. Thanks. I looked at Kelly. Thanks to Kelly I finally understand just how wrong I was. And hopefully I can forgive myself one day. But today I ask for your forgiveness, with the promise that I will always be there for you from this day forward. Can you forgive me, Juliana? Of course I forgive you, Daddy. I was never upset with you. I was just sad at what happened. I know how much what Mom did hurt you. I just wish you had talked to me first. Maybe you still would have left, maybe not, but at least I would have had a chance to tell you how I felt. But I do forgive you, Daddy. And I hope you can forgive me for choosing to live with Mom. Honey, that decision doesn't need forgiveness. I love you and always have. Yes, that was me at your graduation. We had worked so hard to get to that moment that I just couldn't miss it. I saw you and realized you recognized me. I moved to a different spot, but I was still there. I saw the whole thing, and I have never been so proud in my life. Juliana and I wrapped our arms around each other, hugging to make up for the eight years of each other's lives that we had missed. We pulled apart, and I followed Juliana's eyes as she found Kelly, who was quietly crying in the corner. Juliana reached out her hand, inviting Kelly into our hug, and soon we were one big huddled mass of tearful humanity. Finally I pulled away. Hey baby, where's Megan? I asked. She's next door with Mrs. Pritchett. I had a feeling things would be getting emotional. Go get her, please. It's important. Kelly stepped out and a minute later was back with Megan. Megan ran and gave me a hug, like she always did when we got together. I carried her into the other room for a private chat. Do you remember? I said. What I promise you about me maybe becoming your new daddy. That I'd be the first one to know. She said. Exactly. Watch this. I went back into the living room. Kelly was sitting next to Juliana on the couch, and they were just chatting away. I stood in front of Kelly and took her hands, standing her up. Kelly, I said. Honey, I want to thank you for loving me enough to do for me what I couldn't, or wouldn't, do for myself. You brought my daughter back to me, even when it was entirely my fault that there was such distance between us. I know that you were aware of how I might have reacted and you did it anyway. You were more concerned with what was best for me than what was best for yourself, and if that's not love then I don't know what is. And what you did for me only made me even more certain of something I was already sure of. In one motion I pulled the ring box from my pocket and dropped to one knee. Kelly, my love, would you do me the honor of becoming my wife? Kelly's eyes widened and her eyes started to moisten immediately. Yes, baby, yes. Of course I'll marry you. I slid the ring onto her finger, and then she pulled me to my feet and wrapped her arms around me. We kissed with passion and purpose, finally stopping when we remembered the two sets of eyes watching us that I looked at my daughters, both new and old. Looks like you girls are going to be stepsisters. Not stepsisters. Juliana corrected me. Just sisters. I took my new family out to dinner that night, and we ironed out the details for the wedding. We planned to go before the county justice of the peace as soon as possible. Neither of us wanted to wait. But I started moving into Kelly's apartment that night. I thought I looked pretty good in my tuxedo. I know for sure Kelly looked stunningly beautiful in her light pink dress. She was three months along, and just starting to show. The wedding had been beautiful. Juliana looked like a princess and Benjamin, don't call me Ben, looked thrilled to see my daughter and I walking down the aisle. He seemed like a nice guy, though I had spent little time with him. But Juliana loved him, and that was all that mattered. I had definitely avoided directly crossing paths with Jenny or Tom so far today, though I did catch a glimpse of them from across the room a couple times. There had been no way to completely avoid them over the last couple of days as the final preparations took place for the wedding, including the rehearsal dinner, but we had been so busy there was no time for any sort of conversation. Both Jenny and Tom had put on a significant amount of weight. When Jenny was 36, which was when she had dumped me, she still looked amazing in a bikini, and her weight was right around 115. Looking at her for the first time in about eight years, I was shocked to see that she was easily over 200 pounds. 
She had said that life with Tom was so good that she had grown fat and happy. I couldn't speak to happy, but the fat was true enough. I suspected, and at the risk of sounding childish and petty I hoped, that she had eaten her guilt over what she did to me. Kelly and I were standing together, hand in hand and lost in conversation with a couple of Ben's, sorry, Benjamins. This is going to take some getting used to, relatives and I didn't see them approaching behind me. Hello Henry. Her voice, which had once been like a cacophony of angels in my ears, now struck me like fingernails on a chalkboard. Had her voice always been that high-pitched? I had forgiven Juliana, or rather had gotten her to forgive me, but my feelings for Jenny had not mellowed in the least, I realized. Nonetheless, for Juliana's sake, I tried to put on a happy face. I turned to face her, them. Hello Jennifer. I saw Tom begin to say something but I held up my hand to stop him. Tom, do you remember the last thing I said to you? Nod if you remember. He nodded. My feelings have not changed. He made a point of speaking to Jenny. Honey, I'm gonna get a glass of punch. Want anything? She shook her head no. Kelly piped in. I'll join you, Tom. I could use a drink. It was an obvious ploy to leave Jenny and me alone, and I watched them until they were out of earshot. Once they were gone we stood there in silence momentarily. I could have gone forever without speaking with her again, but obviously that was not on the agenda. She spoke first. I would have hoped after this amount of time that things like that wouldn't happen anymore. I guess I was wrong. You were. Is there something you want, Jen? Yes, Henry. I want us to get past this. I'd like us all to be friends. Kelly is beautiful and you guys are so happy together. You're gonna be a daddy again. I already am a daddy again. I reminded her. I was referring to Megan, who I was in the process of adopting, something Jenny had been made aware of yesterday. Yes, of course. My point was that while we took a painful path to get here, we're all happier than we were before. So I had hoped we could put the hard feelings behind us and move forward, if not as friends, at least being friendly. I'm afraid you're going to be disappointed, Jen. You know how much I loved you back then? She nodded. That is how much I still hate you and Tom now. It hasn't gotten any better. But why, Henry? It's been over eight years. I understand that we could have handled it better, but why is it still so intense? I'll try and spell it out for you, then. First, I don't think I ever told you that my mother cheated relentlessly on my father. She would have her boyfriends pick her up at the house while dad and I played games or whatever. Dad tried to get her to stop but she wouldn't so he resigned himself to it, until she left him completely and divorced him to marry one of them. Soon after that he killed himself. I didn't know that. You told me your dad died of a heart attack. Well, I found the actual truth a little embarrassing. But that's really just background. Jenny, I loved you and I was in love with you. You were all that I ever wanted, and not once did you even suggest that I wasn't that to you. I thought we were going to grow old together, enjoy our grandkids, all of that. But those dreams were shattered, and you made it clear that I was never what you really wanted. I would do, since I could support you and you wouldn't have to work, but obviously you were open to someone you thought was better, even if you weren't actively looking. Do you have any idea how inadequate that made me feel? I felt like I had wasted my life. I'm sorry about that. It's not like I didn't love you, Henry. I did, just, not like that. I couldn't help how I felt. That's true, and if that's all it had been I may have been able to move past it. I had exactly three people in my life that meant anything. I don't work in an office where I make friends with my coworkers. I go to work every day and get in a truck by myself and go fix things for people I don't know and may not see again. I ate lunch alone every day unless I had a job close to home so I could come home and eat with you. Then I came home from work and spent all my time with a wife I loved, a daughter I adored, and a best friend who knew me better than anyone. And then, in one sentence, two of the three people that I loved and trusted destroyed nearly everything I thought I knew. They did it together, and they did it on purpose. Henry, we didn't mean for it to happen. But you didn't stop it either. You decided you were going to reach for the brass ring and consequences be damned. Do you have any idea how long it took me to even think about trusting a woman again? But even that wasn't enough for you, was it? It wasn't enough that I lost my wife and my best friend to each other. No, you had to take my daughter too. Juliana made that choice on her own. Bullshit. Look me in the eyes and tell me you didn't work on her to stay with you. I made my voice a higher pitch. Oh honey, I know it'll be strange having Tom here instead of daddy, but at least you'll still be able to have me here when you get home from school. 
and I promise you can see your dad as much as we can manage. Tell me nothing like that ever happened. She couldn't, and she knew it. I continued. No, you just had to have it all. Your selfish, greedy ass just had to have everything, but with the man you really wanted. Why should your life have to change, right? Sure, you just destroyed the person who had loved and supported you for the last 16 years but who gives a damn about him as long as you get what you want. Did you, even once, consider saying to your daughter, this is going to be really tough on your dad. At least Tom and I will have each other, so I think you should live with your dad so he won't be alone, and we'll see each other when we can. I already know the answer. Not once. You're right, Henry. I guess I didn't think of things like that. But still, you disappeared without a word. What the fuck did you think I would do, Jennifer? I had no one. My entire family had been absconded with, and my daughter had been convinced to go along with it. So what was I left with? Sitting at home alone twelve days out of every fourteen knowing my life was continuing on without me just across town. My wife and my daughter in my house, only my wife was fucking my best friend instead of me. Just shoved me out and plugged him in. Running into each other on the street so I could see everything I had lost. Did you expect me to stay there and experience that every day for the rest of my life just so I could have a few days a month with a child that had tossed me to the side? As far as I was concerned I had exactly two choices, cut all ties and leave or put a bullet through my brain. And frankly it was a toss-up on which one I was going to choose even as I put distance between us. When I told Mrs. Perrine to tell you I'd see you in hell it was because I expected to be arriving there very soon. I even had the gun. God Henry, I had no idea. Of course you didn't. You were too busy going on with your life, with our life, without a care in the world, to give a crap about me. You had replaced me with the guy you wanted and you had talked your daughter into staying with you. You had everything you wanted and couldn't give a rat's behind about me. I even told you after the hearing that I'd be gone in a week. I didn't mean out of the house. I didn't mean out of the area. I meant dead. And did I once hear from you expressing concern or even asking what I meant by that? No. I finally realized that I wasn't going to give you the satisfaction. I didn't kill myself because I realized I hated you and that bastard enough to stay alive. Henry, I... Unfortunately. I continued as if her mouth had never moved. I allowed my hate and anger to cloud my thinking when it came to Juliana. When she chose to live with you I thought she had sided with you and wanted Tom to be her father instead of me, so I overreacted and took off without another word. I'd like to blame that entirely on you too, but I'll accept most of the responsibility for that. That cost me eight years of her life that I can never get back. Thank God someone finally came along who actually loved me enough to think about my best interests, even possibly at the expense of her own. But you wouldn't know anything about that, about putting someone else first. Who knows how many more years I would have missed without Kelly pulling my head out of my ass. And I intend to show her for the rest of my life just how much I appreciate it. Now do you understand why I continue to hate you? I suppose I do, Henry. I had hoped time would make a difference but it hasn't. I can only say I'm sorry for how we handled things. Maybe with a little more time, but I won't bother you about it again. Can we at least agree to be civil? Of course. We do still share a daughter and while I will make every effort to avoid you, I realize that won't always be possible. For those times when we have to be in the same place I can manage to treat you at least as well as I would treat a stranger on the street. Just make sure your husband doesn't speak to me ever again, or you'll be a widow. Epilogue Henry Over the next two years I slowly bought out my boss as he moved toward retirement. I became the largest electrical contractor based in Marble Falls and one of the biggest in Central Texas. I still went on calls myself a couple days a week but I mostly retired to running the business from the office, with my lovely wife and now 10-year-old daughter serving on my office staff. Kelly handled the appointments. I handled the staff and the projects, and we did the paperwork together. Megan was an absolute joy and doted on her new baby sister, Katie.As luck would have it, a year after the wedding Benjamin was offered a promotion to the office in Dallas. That's still about a four-hour drive away from us, but we get to see them about once a month for a weekend visit. They seem very happy and they are expecting my first grandchild sometime next year. I'd like to report that something horrible befell Tom and Jenny, other than their precipitous weight gain, but it didn't. While I have no interest in hearing about them, Juliana keeps Kelly updated on their lives, and Kelly occasionally mentions something to me. Kelly doesn't hate them like I do. Heck, why should she? In fact, she appreciates them doing what they did because it brought us together.
She sends them a thank you card every year on our wedding anniversary. The end. This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. We offer a free Erotica Podcast and a premium patron taboo podcast which contains more intense sexual themes. You can subscribe to the premium podcast for $2 per month or support the Erotica Podcast on Patreon to support us and allow members to request future stories and themes. Links are in the description. Thank you for listening.